Hey everybody, welcome to Faith and Good Counsel, a show to uplift and inspire women in our families, where we tell you not our truth, but the truth with the sweetness of the feminine, where we talk about ways to live a virtuous life and all of the things that affect us as women in our vocation in whatever state of life we may be in. I'm your host, Stacey Galino. So happy, happy to be with all of you again. Just want to thank all of our regular listeners and all of our new listeners. It makes me so, so happy to hear from from each one of you. And I love meeting you out in the communities, both here and in Baton Rouge and in New Orleans and all the surrounding areas um, that our listenership reaches. It's very, very exciting to me. I love hearing from you uh, too on uh, social media. And I wanted to let you know and remind you that you can email me here at the station at escalino at catholiccommunityradio.org. You can check out our Faith and Good Counsel Facebook page, um, as well as contact me here at the station, catholiccommunityradio.org on our website. You can also check out our archives shows at stacygalino.com on my blog page. So I would look forward to seeing you there as well. We're going to be talking today, and I'm really, really, really excited but I'm going to be talking today, and we're going to be hearing from Erin Franco, the humble handmaid. Now, she's been gone for a while, and there's a reason for that. But here's the really, really exciting news. She's not way over there in Houston and contacting us and being on the show through, uh, through digital airwaves. She's sitting right here next to me looking mighty gorgeous and beautiful. Good morning, Erin. Good morning. And there is such an—this isn't just a visit— this is permanent, right? I have come home. I have seen the light. Baton Rouge is God's country. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm back from Houston to stay, and I couldn't be happier. Oh, it just makes me so happy, which means I get to see you more often, and you get to be here in person, and I get to be, gosh, uh, spiritual mother, I hope, a spiritual Auntie Tacy to Gabriel Faith and Gianna, which makes me so, so, so happy. So welcome, Erin. It's such, I just can't tell you how happy it makes me to have you sitting right here with me. And so since you are right here, I'm going to hand you this beautiful prayer. And you know, Erin, that we start every Faith and Good Counsel episode off with prayer. So would you please? I'd be so happy to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. May today there be peace within. May you trust God that you are exactly where you are meant to be. May you not forget the infinite possibilities that are born of faith. May you use those gifts that you have received and pass on the love that has been given to you. May you be content knowing that you are a child of God. Let this presence settle in our bones and allow your soul the freedom to sing dance, praise, and love. It is there for each and every one of you. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And I, of course, want to ask the intercession of Our Lady of Good Counsel and Blessed Pope John Paul II today. Please pray for us. You know, um, Aaron, I have have a little tribute that I, I want to offer I, I had an experience recently um, 
I'm getting to that, you know, middle age and stage of life where I'm actually not getting to, I'm there. (laughs) And one of the things that begins to happen is you begin to lose people and your friends, uh, your network of friends that, um, it's a new experience for me. And I recently lost someone very, very dear to me. She was my accompanist and friend. I think back, I believe it's about 17 years, a magnificent, magnificent pianist, a magnificent spiritual mother and friend to me. Her name is Michelle. And uh, she passed away recently um, through complications, ultimately of diabetes. Uh, She didn't recover from heart surgery. And um, I tell you what, it has been an ache in my heart. Um, She suffered for many years from severe diabetes. That, that, That disease can be very cruel. It can be silent for years, and then it's very, very cruel in the end. But um, I tell you, I have a very special um, interest in diabetes, and I'm going to be doing a show soon on that. I want to talk to people and hopefully maybe help prevent some of the suffering that she had to endure. But um, again, you know, (laughs) I say she was so much a spiritual mother to me and such a magnificent accompanist. We were both musicians, and we shared this um, and, and supported one another in our Catholic faith and grew together in our Catholic faith. She was very, very, very motherly, and I know that she is the newest saint in heaven. And so, I offer, I offer, I know that you know her, her name is Michelle, and uh, I know that um, that she is a saint, and I can now ask for her intercession. And so, um, Michelle, I will miss you deeply, um, and I and I love you. And uh, for any one of you um, that may be experiencing the loss of a friend or a loved one. My heart is with you. Um, I'm united with you, and um, I pray for you. And I ask you to offer up a prayer for Michelle and her family. And I want to share her, her, by the way, her obituary written by her brother was perhaps the most beautiful I've ever read. It's beautiful. T- stunning. And it began with, you know, she had a master's in piano performance. Um, but it began with, Bach once wrote, the aim and final end of all music should be none other than the glory of God and the refreshment of the soul. And boy, did she live that. Mm-hmm. That is just the, 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 a beautiful tribute. So I'm missing you. I'm loving you. But I know that you are, are within the arms of the Lord and in the mantle of Our Lady even now. So God bless you, darling. I love you. So you know, um, fall, Aaron, is one of my favorite. Favorite seasons. Why is it one of your favorites? I'm curious. Um, my first thought: What a relief from the heat. Oh, that oh, first absolutely. cold day of the year. That just, I mean, under eighty, really, y'all. Is yeah, just such a blessing. I mean, I <laughs> start thinking things. of sweaters. It's really not time for that. It, we're mm-hmm. kind of in that eighties, sixties at night. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm sporting some long sleeves today, and I'm looking in my closet. Going, I'm going to wear that sweater first. We're just not there yet, but it gives us that. Um, it's kind of like the beginning of spring, but there's something about that first, that drop in the humidity and the crisp air that comes. It's just very beautiful. invigorating. The air is just beautiful, and plus pumpkin spice lattes are out. Mm, and gingerbread mm-hmm. and beginning, to, you know, the season of Thanksgiving and gratefulness. I love that. I love Thanksgiving, too. So, But, you know, there's another reason why fall is 
my favorite season, and it has to do with liturgical reasons. I don't know if you've thought about this or recognized this, but on the liturgical calendar, it is filled in the fall months with so many of my favorite saints. Mm -hmm. St. Faustina was October the 5th. St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, excuse me, I always mess her name up, but she will, I beg her forgiveness. (laughs) St. Teresa of Avila, whose prayer we offered today. St. Therese of Lisieux and blessed Pope John Paul. Oh, I just adore him. I love him. He's been such an intercessor intercessor in our family and I just can't wait for him to be named when I can say officially Saint John Paul II what a day April 27th I can't wait I would love to be there oh what an uh, you know at me too but but that's the thing we will be there in communion because as Catholics we are all in communion through Christ so though we beautiful we may not be there physically but we will be there spiritually and it just makes me so happy um, and I love, I, there was a recent show we had on uh, Wake Up Louisiana, one of my favorite sayings of blessed John Paul II, there are so many, um, he says that the family is the domestic church. Well, we were, I was, we had one of our guests recently on Wake Up Louisiana who says the family is the domestic seminary. Ooh, I love that. I've been pondering that one. I just think that that is just magnificent it's definitely a school of holiness the family if you if you live it right the way that god created it to be lived out and committed oh my goodness you are going to be a at least a very very good person that's right and he honors our efforts they're not perfect Mm -hmm. but but they may be perfectly intended you know but they're Mm going to fall short until we are in that beatific vision you know but god honors our efforts and that's one of the reasons why I'm so excited to have you here today, because I know that your journey to this chair right beside <laughs> me has been a bit long and maybe perilous at moments. And I'm going to hopefully mine the Catholicity out of you in that journey to hopefully offer an example for others who are maybe undergoing just just the day to day stressors. You know, there are big stressors, mm-hmm. the death of a loved one, um, a broken marriage, you know, it, financial crisis, things of that nature. And then there's the day-to-day stuff that really, really amps up our stress level. And so I'm, I know that, Aaron, you've got a lot to, to share with us about that, um, just in your example. But, you know, there's a new saint, and I can't wait to tell you about her. This Recently on EWTN News, I found an article, Pope Francis declared the sainthood of a medieval Italian mystic. Her name is Angela da Foligno. I love her name. I love how you say her name. Angela, well, you know, I love to sing in Italian and and Latin, so it kind of just rolls. It's just a beautiful musical language. So, and her conversion was from a, a rather worldly life. Ultimately, through some crosses, she became very humble, penitent, and began to love God. This is a quote from her. And again, she was a mystic. And there's apparently a book of her visions and instructions that were recorded. It was by her spiritual director, actually. And she says, the more perfectly and purely we see, the more perfectly and purely we love. And I think that's really profound because we have to, our, the way that the framework 
from which we approach things, that we view things, really needs to be rooted in our faith. Otherwise, we have these distortions and then talk about your stress level going up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, She says, therefore, the more we see the God and man, Jesus Christ, the more we are transformed in him through love. What I said of love, I also say of suffering. The more the soul contemplates the ineffable suffering of the God and man, Jesus Christ, the more sorrowful it becomes and is transformed through suffering. Now, she definitely had her share of suffering. Um, she was a married mother born into, well, prior to that, of course, born into a wealthy family in Foligno, Italy, in about 1248. So she's rather elderly, <laughs> okay? Married mom and a, mar- a member of the secular Franciscan order. She died in 1309. So three years ago, she kind of appeared on the scene. Um, We became aware of her because October 13th, 2010, in a general audience, Pope Benedict recounted her life. And he talked about how she moved in worldly circles. And she was, it sounds like she had some little problems with being rather uppity and prideful. And she was rather contemptuous toward penitential people who would sold their possessions to live lives of prayer, fasting, pious works, and charity. You know, we've, we've encountered people like this that, you know, when we are sincerely trying to live a life of holiness and through whatever, for whatever reason, other people may look at us and um, not be moved by that, you know, rather. Or they just they feel uncomfortable around it and they don't know why they just feel uncomfortable right? and they don't know why but but it is planting seeds when when our when it is not when our whole our personal path to holiness is rooted in humility when we are truly trying to find the lord and not be pompous that would not be of god if we're being pompous in our Mm -hmm. in our faith right so Let's see what happened. Well, here's what happened. And as you know, uh, we, we go through many crosses, and that's, in fact, what happened to her. She lived through several disasters, met up with St. Francis, had a conversion, and then she lived a life of penance, penance, humility, but tribulation as well. So she definitely united herself to the cross. And, you know, Aaron, I love that example from you in your day-to-day life, and we're going to be talking about that more in the next segment. Stick around. You're listening to Faith and Good Counsel. Green Seasons is a local Catholic family-owned business and a proud supporter of Catholic Community Radio. Green Seasons serves the Baton Rouge and surrounding areas with services such as landscape and design, lawn maintenance, and pest control. Online at greenseasons.us. Vernon's Hardware has been serving Baton Rouge since 1965. The owner is my grandpa, Tommy Chenevere. Vernon's Hardware is located on Florida Boulevard, serving St. Thomas More and St. Louis King of France parishes. I like this hardware store, and we go to church at St. Thomas More. We have jambalaya pots and cast iron cooking equipment for tailgating. I'm studying phonics, not hydroponics. Do you rhyme everything? Vernon's Hardware, that's my grandpa. Vernon's Hardware, 272-0955.
St. Mary's Books and Gifts supports the mission of Catholic Radio in Baton Rouge and carries items such as books, art, and sacramental gifts. St. Mary's Books and Gifts is located on the corner of Florida and Sherwood Forest Boulevard. St. Mary's Books and Gifts, 272-4030. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith and Good Counsel with Stacey Galino and the lovely, beautiful Erin Franco sitting next to me. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. So glad to be here. Yeah, so we were talking over the break, Erin, about this newest female saint, this Italian mystic, Angela da Foligno. Da Foligno means from Foligno. She is powerful, and there's so much more to her story. You can find out a little bit more about her, by the way, at EWTNnews.com. That was, this was printed on October 13th, um, so an article there. Not much else about her out in Cyberland, but I bet as more people learn about her example, mm-hmm. you and I can draw from her as, as a married mother you know, um, and struggling and going through crosses. And, and in fact, I wanted, there was one more quote, Aaron, that I wanted to share because I think it's going to have bearing upon what you and I talk about next. And this is a, a quote from Pope Benedict in 2010. He says, her life teaches penance, humility, and tribulation, though her life, early life showed a worldly existence rather remote from God once she encountered St. Francis and Christ crucified this reawakened this is a quote reawakened her soul to the presence of god blessed angela wishes to make us attentive to these signs with which the lord touches our soul attentive to god's presence so as to learn the way with god and towards god in communion with christ crucified wow Mm -hmm. that's loaded that's beautiful and profound and it does remind me of you aaron although i don't Really, I've known you since you were little bitty, and I don't see you necessarily following maybe the path that 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 Saint Angela did early on, perhaps to the degree, but certainly this communion with God, moving toward God, being attentive to God's presence, I do see that in you. And recently, the reason I have you here, besides the fact that you are a frequent co-host on Faith and Good Counsel, you are my guest today, and I know that you have had some very significant life changes since the last time you've been on with us and so I thought hey let's talk to Erin about that journey and see where we can pull that faith how she's living that virtue and that faith and where maybe she lost her cookies a few times right (laughs) (laughs) because you know we all do right so why don't you catch us up um I you know I guess I can say this now I would say the last six months of my life have been pretty eventful uh, starting in April when um, I was nine months pregnant with my third child. Wow. And okay. So this past April. This past April, yes. And um, and my my husband, we owned a lawn care and landscaping business, owned being um, the past tense that we'll talk about in a minute. That's right. And just to remind <laughs> people, we've we've heard from Michael before. This is yes. Michael Franco. My little sweetheart, uh, another sweetheart of mine who has told his story. He's got quite the story, too. You'll yeah. be able to listen to that soon at StacyGalino.com if you want a little background on that. So, okay, so lawn care business. Yes, he had a, Past lawn, he had a lawn care business. And anyway, so we were maybe two or three weeks out from our due date, and Michael had a horrible accident involving a chainsaw and his left arm. Um, oh, really, yeah. really pretty badly injured himself. And God be praised. He is all healed now and fine and has, all you know, all of his 
can use all of his fingers and yes. his hands. And it and is a miracle. Kids, but, miracle. But yeah, so that was pretty traumatic there. And then we went right into having the baby. And then um, a really, anybody in lawn care and landscaping knows summer is your busy time. And it's a tough time of the year. It's so hot in the South. And um, it's, it's, it's just a tough time. So went into that over the summer. And then probably around the mid middle of the summer, we just kind of had this tug, tug on our heart. Praise be God also that we were kind of unified at the same time we had this uh, tug on our heart that we may need to start discerning, uh, providing for our family another way. And that was a hard thing because we're still in the first couple of years of starting our own business and um, we're in the middle of having this newborn and we're like, oh, what are we going to do? We had no clue. Um, and that was, I'm, I'm sure, very, very much turmoil. And is mm-hmm. God, is this really, is this just us or is this God's will? I mean, did you toy with that too? Oh, yeah. Uh, not toy with, but you discern through that. It, it does feel sometimes like you're being toyed with, you know, in a way. Yeah. I, at least I've experienced that. What is the right thing? What is God's will? So yeah. how did you all determine that? You know, I think um, one thing is I'm kind of the, I guess the one in, in my marriage that I, I just like to say things out loud and I like to be specific with God and pray over things out loud. And so um, I, and so I'll, just every time we would pray with each other, we would always just pray that God would be very clear with us, that he would make us be of the same mind and be unified and that he um, would would open a door and close a door really clearly because we said, Lord, we don't want it if you don't want it. We don't want it if it has, if it's not what you want. And, you know, we kind of have this idea of maybe what we could do next and that would be great. But if that's not your will for us, it, we're not going to be, it, we're just don't want a part of it. So it's this be, total surrender to God's will, but still not knowing what it is at, an, at a moment. And yeah. here's Michael you know, he is the St. Joseph, the provider for the family. And this is huge. Just, you know, if you think mm-hmm. about a life stressors checklist, okay, you've yeah. had, and you haven't even gotten to all of them yet, but, you know, career change is high up on the list. Yeah. It, and, you know, I really, I, I feel like it really to get the whole picture of a situation like this, um, you really should talk to Michael or talk to a man or a, a sole provider of a family to get what he went through because I know that was very different from me as being a supporting wife and in a stay at home mother of his children. And, and I really, um, I know I really prayed to, I prayed that God would help me to respect that and understand it as far as I could and to support what he was going through. Sure. And, um, you know, and because I think that you can be real, not that he was more than anyone else, but it's just a sensitive time. And I really prayed that God would help me to walk rightly it is. Yeah. And, and without, and then I've not had this conversation with Michael, but I've had different conversations with other men or providers for their family. And there, it's not only where's the next paycheck going to come from, which when you're in a business that fluctuates seasonally, that's a concern always, um, many different types of businesses. But I imagine that there might have been questions like, did I fail? Have I failed my family? my identity. I went from this and then I went to lawn care. Did I make a mistake or is this, Mm -hmm. you know, but I, what I find is we look over the past and our past decisions and God is always leading us. Even if we make what we consider a mistake, he uses it for the good, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And it's, it's a kind of thing I think with discernment, 
you, um, God, there's nowhere and no place that God says he's, that you're always going to be a big success with whatever he leads you to. And I think that that's a, not that we weren't successful because we actually, we sold our business to a good buyer and it really, it was, it was a, it was a good thing for us to do. And especially, um, for example, it was a total God thing because Michael actually worked at NASA. Right. And we lived in Houston. He worked at NASA and we went from him being, I guess, an engineer in the space industry to owning his own business. Your lawn and, guy, right? Um, but a, lo- a lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people know that NASA has had severe, severe layoffs. Um, mm. Just the, this current administration just did a lot of budget cuts to the space program and cut a big part of the space program. And so my, as, as all of our friends were losing their jobs there in Houston wow. in the space industry, um, Michael, we, we knew that there was a good possibility he might be losing his. And right. so, and it's so specialized too what he was right. doing. And so, um, he started the business on the side while he was still working at NASA. And then, um, it kind of grew to the point where he said, I could do this full time. And so we made the jump and not even three months later, everybody he worked with was laid off. Wow. It so was, he was really amazing. discerning well. Yeah, you know, he was trying. And I think when another thing about discernment is it's never you're I think you're 100% sure it's you just right. say, I really, really have been praying over this. I'm trying to have a right heart. I'm trying to be open to every, you know, to everything and not be selfish and just see what God wants. And I, I think this is what I was supposed to do. And at some point, you just have to step out on the water and just that's do it. exactly <laughs> right keeping your eyes on christ never mm-hmm. never looking away and, and and doing our best as blessed pope john paul says yeah. to be not afraid <laughs> and you know saint faustina jesus i trust in you mm-hmm. so keep so okay so much i could say that i wanted to go back for a moment when we talk about that word success and i know we've spoken about that before on faith and good counsel how do you really define success you know and what i'm hearing is a family very united who is prayerful who prayerfully discerns together a man that is authentically masculine a woman who is authentically feminine complementing one another as a communion a true family communion truly trying to discern the will of God, that is success. That is success. You know, so you can go from, it just shows that the the success is not a NASA engineer and then business owner. And, you know, that business, it just sounds like that was the right thing at the time that God had for him. He had Mm -hmm. something to teach you all. And now things are moving a little bit in a different direction. Yes, we um we ended up putting feelers out out in several different cities that we knew people and including Houston. Just said, if you hear of anything, let me know. This is kind of what we're interested in. And lo and behold, we we ended up here in Baton Rouge. I never thought that we would end up moving back here. Um, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> and I know I don't know who's more excited, Stacy or my own mother. <laughs> I think it's a toss-up. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> we really are so, so thrilled. We have a lot of family here, and um, we're really blessed. We were, like I said, we were open. If God wanted us to stay in Houston and stay with our business, um, we just, we just, again, we we just had a moment one day, one rainy afternoon. He had gotten rained out from all of the clients for the day, and we sat in the office at, at the house, and, and we said, I think we might, I think we might supposed to we're supposed to be thinking about moving on and it was um it was a neat moment 
just as a, I think just as a couple, um, I know one thing that I pray for a lot every day is for unity over my marriage, um, just in our decisions and, and not and unity in truth too. Right. Not just that you're of the same mind about something crazy. That's God right. Forbid. That's right. But, That's um, right. Rooted. So I was so thankful. That Trinity. It's the Trinity. You're speaking of the Trinity. United in marriage and there's three, right? God, Michael, and Aaron. Mm-hmm. All right. And that is it's everything is so Trinitarian. I love I love the Trinity so, so much. Um, everything in nature that God created is very Trinitarian, but we digress. We digress. <laughs> you know, I'm wondering something, Aaron, and I know we've gotten, not even gotten all the way down the line, but in the day-to-day moments, in the ups and downs of being business owners and trying to learn, you know, I, I, I'm sure Michael wasn't trained to be a an entrepreneur, a business <laughs> owner. So there's, you know, you kind of learn that through the school of hard knocks. And I know mm-hmm. here you are, and it's a one income family and here you are at home with your children. And I know that you are rooted in your faith and learning and plumbing the depths of the richness and trying to apply that in your life. But I'm just wondering, that sounds like there might've been some stressful times. And I'm wondering how you, as the heart of your home, nurtured and spiritually mothered your family during those times? What were some of the joys and the sorrows? Well, there were, um, uh, it was really hard. It really, I, I have to say, I am so grateful to not own our business anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really am. But, and I, I just applaud couples that do it because it's a tough thing when you it is. bring your work home, you know, and you're never um, away from it. Yeah. You're never no, able yeah, to, you're never off the clock. And, yeah, it's tough. But, um, I know one thing that just the first thing that comes to mind is that I'm definitely a, a words of affirmation person. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's one of my love languages. And it's something that I really try to nurture, not only with my marriage and my parenting, but just with all of my relationships. I just try to to speak truth to the to people, but to encourage them, and right. so I really tried to really encourage my husband, um, and just whenever he he may have had a hard day, just um, just speak truth to him and tell him tell him we're gonna be okay. You know, we're gonna keep doing this. I think this is what God wants us to be doing, and He's gonna He's gonna provide for us. It's just it's just there. It's the unknown, and it's that trust you're talking about yes, developing. Trust trust and encouraging him towards trust when he is probably very smelly and really tired after working out in 102 degrees in Houston, 100 degrees humidity. humidity. So, um, well, you know, we're coming up to a break, Aaron, and so I want to continue this conversation and get get us to the point where you're in this chair with me today okay. with everybody talking with me on faith and good counsel. Y'all stick around. We'll be back in just a moment. First Bank and Trust has specialized in education financing for over 10 years and has helped over 100,000 families finance their children's education. First Bank and Trust is a proud supporter of Catholic Community Radio in Southeast Louisiana. First Bank and Trust, 504-584-5967. 504-584-5967. Online at fbtonline.com. That's fbtonline.com. Programming on Catholic Community Radio is brought to you in part by Kale Smith of Northwestern Mutual, 225-408-4585. 
the Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Every year in Louisiana, over 5,000 unborn children lose their lives to abortion, and Planned Parenthood is expanding their business. With more Planned Parenthood, Louisiana will see more of the violence of abortion. Our state needs peace, not more abortion. Life truly does need you today. Join fellow pro-lifers from across the state at the Louisiana Needs Peace Vigilant Conference November 1st and 2nd in New Orleans. For more information and to register, go to ProLifeLouisiana.org or call 866-463-5433. Catholic Community Radio can't happen without your spiritual support, but we're also praying for you. Call our prayer force today to ask for the intentions on your heart. 225-341-2720. That's 225-341-2720. Join us for the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, live from Our Lady of Mercy Parish in Baton Rouge, weekdays at noon and Sunday mornings at 1030 on Catholic Community Radio 1380 WPYR. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith and Good Counsel with Stacey Galeno and my lovely guest slash co-host, Aaron Franco. Hey, Stacey. And I'm loving this conversation. You know, my personality is more, ooh, and, you know, bubbly, and Aaron just walks into the room, and I already feel more peaceful. And she's Aww. here with me in the studio. It makes me so happy. I believe I've mentioned that just a few times. And we're having such a beautiful conversation, and I'm I'm being edified so much by, by listening. I, I understand little children and packing up and chaos and job changes and all of these things. And it's just so beautiful as I'm listening to you and watching you uh, move through this in a very virtuous way. And I know, Aaron, you and Michael were married five years ago, 8 8 2008. Mm-hmm. And you lived That's pretty good. I remember it. <laughs> I was there. And it was a very beautiful, special day. Um, and you've lived all of your married life, and you built a life in Houston. And mm-hmm. there has to be a grief associated with pulling up the beautiful flower that was planted and Absolutely. taking it with you to back to Baton Rouge. Even though you grew up here, your married life, your home, your relationships, your network of people, of like-minded young people, young families, you left behind so much love to come here so I'm just wondering what that's like. I don't know what that's like. I've lived here my whole life, so share with us. Well, um, we when we moved to Houston, we were actually right out of college, and we didn't know a soul in the area of Houston that we moved into. So it was um, not from going from where we didn't know anybody to when we left. It was just, I mean, there were just heavenly fingerprints all over it, and I will never forget that. And I will, I just will always have I think a lot of these people we're definitely going to be keeping up with a lot of our friends but um it's just it really to start out my marriage seeing what God did with our yes and our okay we'll go through this open door to this one job in Houston where we don't know anybody Mm. um our yes to that and just seeing what he did with that was just awesome but um one thing in Houston is that we didn't have any family and so our friends that we met and the other families that getting married and starting their families with us as well really became our family and we were very very close as in seeing each other multiple times a week everybody multiple times a week at least once and uh, I guess the the biggest example of that would be 
our family, we had a, a family dinner. Yeah, event that is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Just give us, tell us a little bit about that because that, I, I mean, I don't know that I could do that in my station of life. This is amazing. <laughs> it, I, you know, it's, a, um, it's definitely a, a ministry, but what family dinner was, was it started out maybe three or four families and we had a potluck dinner every Thursday night, every Thursday night at the same house. Um, Pregnant or not. Yeah, new just baby, had a baby or, not, or not, husband injured or receiving cancer treatment or whatever. I mean, my goodness. Um, we it started out at the house of our good friends, and then um, it moved to our house for the last couple of years. And so every Thursday we had, I guess, between twenty and thirty-five people, uh, probably a third of those young children under five <laughs> at oh, our my house. Goodness, just a potluck dinner. You never know what people are going to bring, and it was beautiful and great and you just to be able to keep up with people how's that project at work going how is the teething thing going with little Theo and just keeping up with people like that was such a blessing right Um, it's like a a, well small Christian community you know of of like-minded Catholic couples enduring the same things the day-to-day things but then also supporting one another I know you you all lost a friend during this time to mm-hmm. cancer and um, I, I'm sure other other big crosses as well. Mm-hmm. And having that love of your friends is, is just priceless. And I, I know that has to be a sorrow. Um, it, although I know that you, you're saying you'll keep up. It's not the same. It's not the same. No, it, it isn't the same. But kind of one neat thing, though, that I think is a fruit of the ministry, it's an obvious fruit, is that we had several friends from college over the years come visit us in Houston and end up staying with us during a family dinner. And they have a family dinner in Baton Rouge <gasps> of some old college friends. Wow. And um, it looks a little different than the one in Houston, but it's definitely a regular thing. Um, that, And it's kind of a anybody can come. It's not just, oh, are you in the family dinner group? It's, you know, just the doors are open to whomever. So coworkers or other friends or people from church or someone new that came you know, to a group that you're in. We had really single people, families, all kind wow. of people. You take um, old people too, like me? <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, as long as you don't mind eating on my living room floor. Oh, not at all. <laughs> not at don't all. don't have enough chairs, you know, but... um, You know, it's kind of reminding me of something, Erin. Recently, um, on our Wake Up Louisiana show, we interviewed um, a young couple, a, a couple who were in courtship, but they are students at, um, excuse me, Christ the King, mm-hmm. and they do guys group and girls group. And I remember speaking with you about girls group you did the same thing it might have it might even be the same group now extended to an, another generation of students but this where they meet on Thursday nights at mm-hmm. 8 p.m guys group girls group and they talk about authentic manliness authentic femininity and how it's lived out in their yeah. experience in this day and time and it kind of sounds like these dinner nights are the same kind of a thing but in this different station of your life mm-hmm. would you say so yeah, just that weekly, that weekly, com- that friendship, that uh, it's really an apostolate of, right. an apostolate of friendship is really what it comes down to. And um, yeah, I did have one in college that I started just in my apartment and we had it for two years. And then the younger girls kind of coming up, they started one in their apartment and I, and I went to Christ the King, I went to LSU. So I don't know if it's the same, you know, yeah. if that's like the... A fruit, know, a fruit of it or not, but um, yeah, it was awesome? really neat. We're going to find out. I, I in, inquiring minds would like to know. <laughs> Mine is at least on this note. Yeah. I would like to know. That would be so lovely. So you know, I'm thinking too, Aaron. Okay, so we've got career change. Yes, we're supposed to move. 
how are we going to do this? How do we navigate that process? We finally navigate it. Husband is here. We haven't mentioned that yet, but he's here working, starting his new job. Aaron is at home with brand new baby and two other children, three and under, <laughs> and trying to pack and trying to keep peace in your home and maintain that walk of personal holiness in our current situation. How did you do that? How did you maintain peace? Because, you know, when parents are stressed and life is chaotic, kids usually become what we call in mental health dysregulated or they begin to act out. And, you know, it's not to say that, that you know, the regular acting out of a two-year-old, that's normal. But you, sometimes you will see an exacerbation of that. And I don't, mm-hmm. I've not heard that that was going on in your home. So I want to know, how did you do that? Before I say anything, okay. I have to have a disclaimer <laughs> that I am not perfect. I yelled at my kids a few times and I, I know, Shocking. and okay. I um, definitely cried some tears and had just go in my room and lay on my bed face down moments and just breathe, you know, do some breathing. But, um, yeah. but in general, in general, I think what saved me was um, trust and praying Whenever I could, it really just ended up being sometime the three o'clock hour, the chaplet of mm-hmm. divine mercy to just remind me to trust. If this is what you're supposed to be doing, God's giving you the grace to do it. He's giving you what you everything that you need to have in abundance for his good work. Or, right. You know, I can't even quote the verse now, but I, I just had that in my head. I wrote it. I have this chalkboard in my kitchen that I write kind of a verse of the week or um, a quote of the week on to just read and get me through the week but um I kept that one up for a while so um but trust that he's given me everything I need but also perspective Mm -hmm. um and just the perspective people do this all the time I have people that I can call to help me I this is only going to last literally three more two more weeks I can do this you know I think sometimes I think perspective is a big thing that really helps you live in your faith because right. you not only can you say I have the perspective of this is only two more weeks that you know nap time is almost here or you know just keep it there but you have that heavenly perspective that this has purpose and value and meaning and um it it, it counts it counts for right. something you know this little cross this little you know temporary suffering so um those are really two things that I tried to tried to live and when it comes down to it it just means staying calm with your kids that's what it means sometimes sometimes it means um going to mcdonald's for dinner because you know that if you try to cook dinner with all these kids around you and they're whining and crying you're going to yell at somebody and (laughs) so so it's just right at that moment it's best to have french fries and a hamburger yep absolutely and we had probably two or three of the most (laughs) cheerful little McDonald's meals. Uh, even one time I just went to the park and opened the door and we ate McDonald's in the car and fed the ducks because Aww. I knew if I had to stay in the house any longer, I was just gonna, gonna not do something good. So, wow. you know, so it's just those little things. Um, you just know, you know, kind of know where when you're coming up to your limit and you say, is it worth $10 to go get McDonald's? Right. Um, and, and sit at the park or, um, is it okay and just go sit in your room and be quiet for a minute or pray? I, I don't know what it's called, a living rosary, or even if you're supposed to do that, but just every time you get in the car or you have five minutes, pray a decade of the rosary mm-hmm. so that kind of by the end of the day, you've been thinking about prayer. You've centered yourself in little bits, five little bits through the day, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and that gets you through it. And definitely the rosary too, speaking of, um, whenever I could, especially in the car, 
praying my rosary. And I think sometimes with consolations, spiritual consolations, you don't feel immediately peaceful just because you pray and just because you say, Lord, give me peace. You're not going to feel it all the time, but it's using your heart and your mind to say, I know it's there. And I know that, you know, you can't feel medicine working in your body, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean it's not working. You can't feel grace working, but it's there. We can trust. And that really gets back. Trust comes all comes really, doesn't it? Back to trust in the love and mercy Mm -hmm. of God. He is love and mercy himself. And I I just, that's why I love talking to you, Erin, because you know, I, I do hold you up in high esteem. I, I, I just, I love you. I mean, I can't help you. You're just, you're just so, so beautiful. But, but, but the reason you are so lovable, number one is you were created good, but number two, you are living, you are truly uniting to Christ in those day-to-day moments. And it's just such a beautiful example for all of us when we're so tempted I mean, I can just think of a numerous scenarios um, that myself or other people, when challenged in the way with the little kids at home, like you said, laying on the bed you know, for a moment just to, to take a breather. I mean, you know, I, I can think of numerous other ways to handle that with, with prayer or that people have handled that you know, rather than praying and so forth. But look at the fruit of what has happened. You've maintained your peace through the joys and through the sorrows and through the temper tantrums and, you know, maybe through clothes that were needed and you couldn't find them because they were packed away or that you <laughs> packed my toy up and I needed it or, you know, what have you. I can't, you know, it's just, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I, I know that you had to have some help. It sounds like, you know, here you are by yourself and these three children, you've got this beautiful set of friends around you. Did mm-hmm. you ever have that humility enough to ask for help? I had to, I mean, out of necessity, I had to learn that lesson. I have, we have all these beautiful friends and a lot of my friends do have, you know, young children. And I know that when every time I had to call someone and ask them to watch one or more of my kids, I knew it was going to be extra work for them. I mm-hmm. knew that they weren't going to be able to get something done because they were helping me out. But just accepting the cheerful service of other people, I think is a whole lesson or radio show episode in itself. Write that down. You need to do that one. (laughs) Because it's really, um, it's a pride, I don't know, a pride thing or learning humility to just let people go through a little something for you, you know, when they offer it. So, but I did have to ask for help. I called my mama a couple of weekends and I said, please come help me. Um, and she did. God bless her. You got You have a godly mama. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. We'll so, just... And one other quick thing, too, I was going to say about perspective. Like you were saying about the boxes, for example, all of my toddler's underwear got packed in a box by someone who came over to help me. And I just, you can't supervise everything, every moment. And it's just, you can't sweat the small stuff. I'm going to go to Walmart and get him more um, Spider-Man and Batman underwear for $7 this <laughs> afternoon because they got packed away and I don't know where they are. Oh, so it's okay. Be, not sweating the small stuff, and I'm sure he was very happy. Well, thank you so much, Aaron. I'm so glad you're here with me. And I just, what a beautiful example of walking that path to personal holiness. I want to leave you, you all with this quote from Mother Teresa. Holiness does not consist in doing extraordinary things. It consists in accepting with a smile what Jesus sends us. It consists in accepting and following the will of God. And boy, Aaron's story today, you heard it. That was exactly just the day-to-day ordinary, accepting what Jesus sends us, even in the bigger, the bigger decisions you all had to make and in the moment-to-moment that you had to endure 
while making this decisions. Thank you for being so, so honest and frank and lovely. God bless you all. And until next time, we'll see you again on Faith and Good Counsel. Pox Christie, y'all. Bye-bye. Catholic Radio for your community. This is your station. Catholic Community Radio is here for you. If your church, group, or organization is having an event or gathering, Catholic Community Radio would like to help you spread that word. Email all the information to events at catholiccommunityradio.org. That's events at catholiccommunityradio.org. Just one more way that we are Catholic Radio for your community. Hi, this is Father Paul Gross, and you're listening to WPYR 1380 AM, Baton Rouge. St. Paul reminds us this day to put on the armor of God that you may defend yourself against the wiles of the devil. The Baton Rouge Hunger Walk takes place Sunday, November 3rd. All of the proceeds stay local to help Catholic charities, the Holy Grill, and the Baton Rouge Food Bank end hunger. Walk with us at the 2013 Baton Rouge Hunger Walk, November 3rd. Find out more 